There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And there is an army that is rising. So we bless the name of the Lord for this uh, this uh, Thursday morning, the 27th of April, 2023. I'm thankful to God that you are tuned and you're connected today. Thank you for being a, a solid partner, a solid part of Reclaim Moment. Every time you uh, you hear our song, there is power in the name of Jesus. You definitely know it is our moment. And welcome to Reclaim Moment this Thursday morning. We bless the name of the Lord. We are so thankful for His grace. His grace never runs out. His grace is sufficient in all things, in all ways, and we bless the name of the Lord. So, child of God, this uh, this morning, we want to honor God. We want to honor God because He is here in our midst. He is here in our midst, and He wants to bless us this morning. Thank you for tuning in. And before we get started, as usual, I keep reminding every one of you, I keep reminding you, just get hold of your phone, invite somebody, remind somebody. That reminder is very important because it helps somebody not to miss the opportunity, not to miss what God wants to do in and through his life. So as you do that, God surely bless you because you are also ministering with me. And uh, as God blesses me, God should also bless you because you are part of the ministry. You are part of the ministering. You are part of the ministration in the name of Jesus. God bless you. And before we get started, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you are good and your mercies endureth forever. We honor you. We love you. We glorify you. We honor you. We love you. And we decree and declare that you are God and you are above all things. You are above all things. You are above all things. We bless your name this Thursday morning. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to abide and tarry in your presence, Lord. We pray as we uh, as we share the word, as we pray, as we spend time in your presence this morning, Lord, we pray that your hand will be stretched upon our lives. Have your way. Do great and mighty things. Do us well today. Do us well, Almighty God. Do us well in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen and amen. So the, welcome to Reclaim Moment Season 1. And our theme for Season 1 is Arise and Fight. Arise and Fight. Arise and Fight. And our anchor scripture uh, that is actually guiding our sharing on dealing with strongholds is in Joshua chapter number 12, verses 9 to 24. If you're just joining us today, this is your first time, I know, don't get confused. Some of the things, you know, when you're, deal, when you're doing a theory, it is different from just a one-time preaching because, but, because this is a, a, a theory kind of thing. Because I know, you know, we do it Monday to Friday. So don't be confused if uh, you don't understand today. You know, we, we, we have been speaking about uh, something, something very extensive on how to deal with strongholds, how to deal with strongholds. And our anchor scripture is in Joshua chapter number 12, verses 9 to 24. When the children of Israel were entering the promised land, God commanded them, God instructed 
with Joshua as the new leader actually to destroy every every stronghold every uh, every throne every king who had established himself and his influence and influence of his people in the land of Canaan because God had given them this as their possession and God wanted to make sure that they will not be influenced that they will not be swallowed up their culture will not be uh, swallowed up by other other nations cultures he wanted them he, he was doing a new thing and he wanted to establish them in the land so he told Joshua to destroy all the 31 kings however uh, we must also come to terms with this understanding that in our times we are not fighting a carnal battle. We are not fighting a flesh and blood, but we are fighting. We are dealing with principalities. We are dealing with uh, our battle is spiritual. Our battle is spiritual. And that is why today uh, all these uh, uh, strongholds we are dealing with are not physical. They are spiritual. And uh, if you've been following, you realize that everything we talk about has a self, a self, uh, a self in the beginning, a self attachment, a self orientation. That means that all these challenges are actually rooted in our self life, in our demic nature, in the old nature. All these are rooted in the old nature, and that is why it takes uh, the grace of God as we cooperate and yield ourselves to God to be able to deal with the old self, to overcome carnality, to overcome the desire of the flesh so that we are able to partake to partake of the nature of God to partake of the nature of God in the name of Jesus and today as we are as we are sharing, I want to bring another stronghold. Remember, there were 31 kings, but, you know, we, we want, uh, as we are doing this uh, in-depth teaching about strongholds relating to that scripture in Joshua, we also try to, you know, to relate that same scripture and relate to this, that those physical strongholds, those kings, can also translate to mean the spiritual bondages and strongholds that still live limit us. Child of God, these are not things which are outside our lives. They are within us, but we need to be aware. We need to overcome. That's why carnality cannot please God. Carnality cannot inherit the promises of God. Carnality cannot, uh, you know, pr uh, cannot inherit the promises of God. Hallelujah. So today, I want to bring another stronghold which I've called a selfish Christian work, selfish work, or selfish Christian work. And what does this mean? How does it even translate to be uh, to be a, 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 a challenge or a stronghold, so to say? How does this translate to mean to become a challenge? Selfish Christian work. But if anything is, anything bears the word selfish, you know there is a problem along the way. So selfish Christian work, what does this mean? What does this mean, Pastor Mukisa, this morning, this Thursday morning? Okay, it means... That this is a situation where ministry or working for God, this is where ministry replaces relationship. And, and I tell you, many of us, including me, including us ministers, we face this challenge. This is when ministry replaces relationship. God never intended ministry to take the place of our relationship with him. 
the ministry must not be an idol must not be an idol in our lives just as a little child points uh, la, 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 okay but but this is the point the ministry should not be an idol in our lives ministry should uh, should flow out of a place of love ministry should flow out of a place of relationship but ministry itself should not take the place of our relationship it should not um it should not take uh it should not take the place of God. It should not uh, replace our relationship with God, our personal quality time with God. That's why, you know, when you look at the life of Jesus, uh, definitely would do ministry during the day, but the Bible teaches us that during the night, he now goes to a solitary place and prayed. And it was not just praying, but he prayed, but he also, you know, tried to commune with the Father, tried to get, you know, the blueprints. How is the day tomorrow going to run? How is it going to run? How is it going to happen? How are things going to move? How are things going to happen? So he, he would, you know, during the day, he is busy ministering and and, uh, and, and, you know, feeding people and teaching the multitudes, then at night, he has a place to commune with the Father. He has a place to relate with the Father. He has a place to speak with the Father. He has a place simply to relate and spend time in the presence of God. So, ministry, God has not designed a ministry to replace relationship. But actually, it is not so easy. That's why many of us as ministers sometimes Sometimes we burn out. Sometimes we lose focus. Sometimes we get disoriented. Sometimes we get discouraged. Why? Because every time when we replace relationship, the relationship of God with our work, with our Christian work, then it becomes a challenge. It becomes an idol and we cannot be blessed because of that. We are going to get a number of examples as we share this morning. But I want us to understand that God has not intended any form of Christian work to replace relationship. If you are doing something for God, that's awesome. And how I encourage every one of us to be so, so keen and to be so intentional when it comes to, uh, when it comes to godly service or kingdom service. But again, it's also very important that we understand that as God has given us all these privileges to serve him, we must also understand that God uh, actually desires our relationship more than what we do for him, more than the work we do for him, more than all the great things we can, you know, uh, talk about and all the things we can brag around. So in the book of uh, Revelation, chapter number one, verses four, uh, the book of uh, the book of uh, Revelation, chapter number two, verses one to four. Revelation, chapter number two, verses uh, uh, one to four. In the name of Jesus, let us uh, read there. Revelation, chapter number uh, two, verses one to four. Uh, let us read there. And two and then verses uh, one to four in the name of Jesus. And this is uh, Apostle John uh, having the revelation about the seven churches. And listen to what uh, he has to report. God, This is what God sees about this church. 
And he says, to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, the things says, he who holds the seven stars in the right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and uh, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and anoint and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Hallelujah. This such, uh, I mean, such, uh, such a powerful scripture, and I love how God meets us and speaks to us. I think we even need to learn a lesson, you know, because uh, he's addressing a negative issue, but he's also being positive in the beginning. First of all, he's addressing the fact, he's appreciating them, all the works they are doing, and he's confirming that he is aware. He is aware of the great things uh, they did, the great things they do. He is aware of all the great um, the great things, uh, the sacrifices, uh, the labor of love, all these great things. He is aware of them. He is aware of them. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. He knows all this. He sees it, and he commends them for the good job done. He also commends them for being active, being proactive, being active, being, uh, you know, full of activity. And he commends them for the, I mean, for the patience and perseverance and the labor, you know, uh, for the kingdom labor that they were not even weary. But, but listen to this, verses 4 is very profound that, you know, God goes ahead to say, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have forsaken the first love. You have forsaken your first love. Listen to this child of God. This is where it becomes complicated that God is aware. You know, this church, the, uh, the church at Ephesus was actually very, very active, full of activities, full of programs. This church, you know, had agendas, had purposes, had uh, programs laid out. We will be doing this in the month of this. We'll be doing this in the month of this. We'll be doing this. We will be doing this. We'll be doing evangelism after evangelism. We'll be del doing deliverance services after deliverance services. We'll be doing uh, women conference after women conference, children conference, children conference, singles conference after singles conference, double conference after double conference, you know, international conference. So they were full of activity. They were full full of activity, but then God rebukes them and tells them, hey, I have something against you. I have something. I want you to change. I want you to repent in this area. I want you to make sure that you repent in this area because I am going to speed you out. I'm going to, to, to rebuke you. I'm going to punish you. I'm going to take the lampstand out of uh, in your midst. And, and this is very, very significant. But why is he telling them? them to repent because amidst the activities, amidst the Christian engagements, amidst the activities, they were losing grip of what God wanted them to do. They were losing grip of the most important thing. And this was the 
their relationship with God. This was their relationship with God. They are losing grip of the relationship, but we are still focused so much on doing the work, on serving God in court, so to say, but just fulfilling the obligation. But I am persuaded that God desires moreover our love to him than the obligation. He desires that we will serve. He desires that we will love him before we serve him. He desires that we will love him and obey him. He desires that we will love him and obey him and serve him in the mighty name of Jesus. That's why sometimes, you know, it is not about doing what we are doing, but God questions the motive of why we are even doing what we are doing, and it becomes a bit of a challenge. But by the grace of God, God speaks to the church at Ephesus and says, I you guys are doing amazing things. You are doing excellent things. I know what you're doing. I know all your sacrifices. I know all your labor. I know all your, 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 your I mean, all your toil for the kingdom. But I want you to go back. That means we can be preoccupied with the routines. We can be preoccupied with missions. We can be preoccupied with uh, everything in the context of working for God, in the context of kingdom service, but we lose grip. We lose grasp of the most important thing. Child of God, that is not of God. Especially to us as pastors, as leaders, it is a great, it is a great temptation. It is a great temptation. There are times when we feel we know what to do, there are times when we are so much full of our programs. There are so much when we are filled up with programs and it is engagement after engagement, engagement after engagement. I remember some time, you know, I remember some time I was... Uh, I was, you know, filled with activities and, you know, into routines. You know, it's you fly in, fly out, fly in, fly out. And I remember one time God just ordained the situation and I felt like he was not permitting me to fly out. He was not permitting me to fly out. But but, but my friend whom I was flying with, I felt God was releasing her. And, and, and you know, so what I did, I felt God wanted me to remain behind. So I released her to go. And you know what? God spoke to me to go to a certain place. It's amazing. To a certain place deep in the village. And I spent a week doing nothing but communing with God. Communing in the presence of God. And I tell you, that is one of the best times. Of course, I've had, uh, you know, series of encounters and I can, you know, uh, uh, I can uh, refer to them. I can use them as a reference point. But this is one of those great moments you love in the presence of God. And listen, from that encounter, God birthed today what we call Kingdom Generation Network. It's a network I lead here in Uganda and East Africa and, and you know, Africa and have friends, uh, you know, from different places. And it's an association, it's a network that brings us together to encourage one another and be a brother's keeper. But it started right from there when I was in that remote area and, you know, God started to speak to me and, you know, I didn't even understand what he was speaking to me, but because I was in a different environment, I was in an environment that permitted me to listen to him. So I kept, you know, I put on my, on my computer and started typing out stuff, whatever I was perceiving in my mind, even things which I didn't understand. But by 
faith, I said, whatever crosses my mind, I'm typing it out. And today we have a typed out menu with a vision, with a mission, with core values, with connections that probably it's coming. I mean, hundreds, hundreds of ministries we are connected with in relationship, in relationship, hundreds of ministries, hundreds of ministries here in Central, in the North, in the East, in the West. And I tell you, God is a doing amazing things. God is doing amazing things. So what do I want to bring out, child of God? You know, a selfish Christian work. Sometimes God just wants us to go back to that love, to that, uh, you know, to that place where everything we did I mean, I had to flow out of a love relationship. It's not an obligation. Sometimes ministry becomes an obligation. That's why we get tired. That's why we complain. That's why you. That's why people burn out. People burn out. If you look at statistics and look at people who are, you know, leaving ministry, quitting ministry in developed countries, in countries like the U.S., it's alarming. It's alarming. Why? Because people feel they can burn. I mean, carry the burden and they try through all the earthly wisdom and sometimes it doesn't help a lot. But by the grace of God, child of God, by His grace, by His grace, I trust that as we go back to our first love, as, as we love Him, as we open up to Him, as we cherish Him, as we learn from Him, as we yield ourselves from Him, then He is able. He is able to lift us. He is able to enable us. He is able to bless us in the name of Jesus and ministry will not be a constraint because that's not what God desired. That what That's not what God desires. Ministry will not be a constraint. Ministry will actually be a blessing. Ministry will actually be a blessing because it is flowing out of a love relationship. So God is speaking to the Ephesian church and say to the church at Ephesus, remember where you fell. Remember where you skipped. Remember where you missed the turn. Remember where you missed the point and come back. Repent. Turn around and then I will maintain my lampstand before you in the name of Jesus. Child of God, this is quite, quite encouraging. We need to understand that, you know, even in the end times, you know, I'm reminded, I didn't even put it in my notes, but I'm reminded as we're sharing about Mary and Martha. And, you know, Mary and Martha, this is, Mary is, uh, uh, Mary is a, a classic example of a relationship. And Martha is the classic example of the troubled life we go through. And when Jesus uh, visited their house and Martha is running from point A to point B and even complaining to the master and asking him, why don't you even tell Mary to come and help me. I have a heavy meal to prepare. I have this to prepare. I have to put up a table. I have to do this and that. And she is complaining. You can imagine. Uh, just as we do complain. But Jesus re replied to her and said, you know, Mary has chosen the most important thing. And what she has chosen today, it will not be taken away from her. She has chosen the best part. She has chosen an, inher an inheritance. See, 
she has chosen a better place to sit at my feet and be taught and learn and be encouraged in the name of Jesus. And this is what I'm encouraging. This is what we are encouraging. We need to encourage ourselves that in as much as there are activities, but we need to come to that place. Sometimes when we don't, we are not mentioning our prayer requests, but you know, we just feel we want to connect with him. We want to love him. We want to learn from him. We want to walk with him. We want to live, to abide with him in the name of Jesus. And that is our desire. And and, and Jesus said, Mary has chosen a better part because she's not running around. She knows this is the best part. This is the best portion. And Jesus says, it will not be taken away from her. I want to encourage somebody before we go into prayer, before we go into a moment of prayer, I want to encourage you, child of God, child of God, God is, God is going to do amazing things. God is willing to do great and amazing things, great and amazing things. He desires a love relationship. He desires that love relationship in the name of Jesus. He desires, his heart pants for us. His heart desires for us. So, and God uh, and Jesus said, I uh, said Martha, you are troubled by many things. Sometimes we are troubled by ministry. We are troubled by systems. We are troubled by, 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 uh, by you know, programs. We want the program to run excellently. We want everything to run excellently. But sometimes the sad thing is that we do even that. We can even do that at the expense of the presence of God. At the expense of the Spirit of God, at the expense of being led by the Spirit of God. That's why I have made, you know, I've found a middle line as a pastor. I've found that thin line where I make compromises. This is what I do. I believe in preparation. I prepare. I love excellence. I love things to be done right. But you know what? I have also learned to be crossed by the Spirit of God. And I inquire, sometimes I inquire from Him and I say, you know, God, what do you want to to do today? Whom do you want to touch? Whom do you want to have? Whom do you want to bless? What do you want to do in our lives? What do you want to do? What do you want to uh, to perfect? And sometimes, you know, God brings this to your understanding and, you know, he leads you otherwise. But I tell you, as you stick to that, instead of, you know, sticking to your own program and being uh, just led by your program, sometimes I've found peace, i found great meaning, of life in the name of Jesus. So child of God, in a selfish Christian work, God has not called us for selfish Christian work. He has called us for effective Christian work where our lives, where whatever we do flows out of a relationship. And I'm going to pray today. I just feel, you know, this this concerns us all. This is so powerful. I just believe, I just feel God um, God wants to renew our mind. I just feel God wants to renew our understanding. I just feel God wants to refresh us in the name of Jesus. He wants to do great and mighty things. He wants to help us. He wants to help us. He wants to do great and mighty things 
in the name of Jesus. And I have another scripture in Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 and 23. It's a bitter, it's a bit hard, it's a bit hard. Sometimes we used to read these scriptures and you're like, God, this is tough. This is tough on us. God, this is tough. Have mercy on us in the name of Jesus. So Matthew chapter number 7, and I want to read uh, chapter number 7. And verses 22 to 23. So uh, Matthew chapter number 7, verses uh, uh, number 7. Okay, verses 22 to 23. And this is what the Bible says. Many will say to me in, the, in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You know, and Jesus, these are words of our Lord Jesus Christ, our master. And he says that in the end times, many people will come. There are people who will come and they will be quoting what they did for God. They'll be quoting their experiences. Yes, I preached. Oh, I was on Reclaim. It was going all over the world. Oh, God, I preached. And people are blessed. I preached. I prophesied. I, 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 um, you know, I prophesied. I prayed for the sick. I did all this in your name. I did all this in your name. And, and you know, we did many wonders in your name. Then he would declare and say, go out of my sight. I never knew you. But, but you know, as a Bible student, uh, I read, uh, I tried to read the Greek understanding of this. And the Greek understanding of this is actually, I know, uh, uh, where, where, where Jesus will say, where God will say, I never knew you or I never knew you. It simply means I did not have a relationship with you. I, you did all this. Yes, you did them. And for the sake of my people, I anointed you. I even tolerated you. I permitted you to do whatever you did. But the truth is, I was not with you. I, I did not have a relationship with you. I did not have a relationship with you. And because of that, get out of my sight. Get out of my sight. And it is a sad thing. So we are praying this morning. We are praying this morning. And we are praying that the Lord will will be merciful. We are praying that we become, you know, zealous for him. Uh, we are praying that we become zealous for him. We are praying that our relationship will be restored. We are praying for the restoration of our relationship, empowerment of our relationship. You know, let our love for God grow each and every day. Let our love for him grow. Let our love for him grow. It does not mean that our relationship is based on uh, all these things we are desiring for. Our relationship is based on one thing. We love God and we love him and we love him and we desire for him to be known in the name of Jesus. So we are going to pray this morning, the Thursday morning, the 27th of April. We want to pray that the Lord will stretch his mighty hand. We pray that the Lord will restore relationship. We pray that ministry will not be a hindrance, especially for ministers. You know, there are people who just minister for the sake of ministering, but it is not from the heart. God desires that our ministry will flow from the heart. And we are praying this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you. 
Thank you for reclaim. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Abba Father, for what you're doing. Thank you, King of Kings. Thank you, Lord of Lords. We honor you. We love you. We cherish you, Lord. We honor you. Thank you for uh, permitting us to break the bread of life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us to understand. And this morning we come before you as we even repent, as we even repent, because as you spoke to the church at Ephesus, I know your works. I know your labor. I know your works. I know what you've been doing. I know all your labor. I know how you've uh, distanced yourself and uh, you cannot tolerate that Jezebel spirit. I know all these good things you have been laboring and I know, but, but I am calling you to the first love. I'm calling you to that place, to that place of first love. This morning in the name of Jesus, I want to pray, Abba Father, stretch your mighty hand and help us stretch your mighty hand and help somebody stretch your mighty hand and help somebody stretch your mighty hand and help us in the name of Jesus. Let your mighty hand, let your mighty hand bring us to that place, that place of transformation, that place of transformation so that we serve out of revelation. We minister out of revelation. We minister out of love. We minister out of revelation in the mighty name of Jesus. Abba Father, it is my prayer this morning for somebody who's tuned in today. It is my prayer that Lord stretch your mighty hand, change our hearts, that our hearts will burn for you. Our hearts will burn for you. Child of God, I feel I feel so strong in my spirit this morning. I don't have not thought this for quite some time, but I feel it in my spirit that God desires like to 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 mellow, to to bring our hearts to that place of mellowness. You know, there are times you used to feel the presence of God. You could even tell, you could even tell that this is the presence of God. And you know, you acted, you reacted and acted about this and you really felt the presence of God. You really felt God delivering your life. You really felt God turning around your life. You would feel vividly the presence of God. And this is my prayer. But I feel in my spirit, God speaking to somebody. I am restoring that. I am restoring my presence. You thought I'd cast you away. I did not cast you away. I did not push you away. It was your own making. It was your own choice. You made a choice and time came. You had little time for me. Time came. You didn't even had attention for me. Time came. You didn't even want to inquire from me. Time came. You didn't even want to be bothered. You didn't even want to bother. Time came and you didn't You didn't even want to relate with me, says the Lord. But I feel God is... Uh, turning around this in our lives. I feel God is turning this around in the name of Jesus. I feel God is rewinding and renewing our mind, renewing our mind for us to understand that the first place we desire is to have a place of abiding, to come to that place of abiding, to come to that place of abiding where we desire to see God magnified, to see God glorified, to see God lifted, lifted above, lifted beyond, lifted beyond all great things in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm praying this morning, I'm praying for somebody by the grace of God and by the mercies of God that God will take us to that place again. Come back to the first love. Lord, I pray, take us back to that place, that place of first love where everything was about you, where it was not about our names, it was not about our glory, 
glory. It was not about our glory, our ambitions, our plans, and our purposes to be known and established. It was not even about our visions. It was not even our vision. It was about you, Lord. Everything was about you, Heavenly Father. I'm praying this morning, take us back to that place. I desire that place, oh God. I desire that place. In the name of Jesus, bless somebody this morning. Bless somebody, Lord, as you take us back, as you restore our lives. I decree and declare blessing upon everyone who's tuned in today. Bless our lives. Bless our going and our coming. Bless our lives, Almighty God. Bless us, oh God. Bless somebody. Bless somebody in the name of Jesus. Let your people rejoice. Let your people rejoice. Let your people know that you are faithful, that you are never changing, that you are a good God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Abba Father. We pray that our hearts will be softened. We pray that our hearts will be on fire for you. Our hearts will be on fire for you. Our hearts, our zeal will grow. In the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you. We honor you. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. And above all, oh God, I pray that none of us will miss the mark. None of us will begin and die on the way and die before the ultimate destination. I pray that we will not just die on the way. We will not fall on the way. We are running all the way. We are running the race and endure with endurance. We are running the race with endurance till the end in the name of Jesus. We are known that generation to give up in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you for this wonderful session. God bless you. And once again, thank you for being part of the Reclaim Moment. Before we bring this to a landing, I just want to pray with somebody this just short prayer of faith to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're right there, listen to the message. You've not given your life to Jesus. There is no better, there is no other time. This is the moment. This is the time. Just humble yourself. Pray with me this prayer of faith. The Lord Jesus, I thank you for loving me and dying on the cross for me. I believe with my heart and I declare with my mouth that you are God and you rose from the dead. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life and from today I am born again. I am a child of God. If you have made that prayer, that's a great prayer. If you pray that prayer, you are accepted. You are accepted. You have access in the throne room of God and you are a child of God. And you know, uh, I want to encourage you, find a Bible-believing church wherever you are living in your country, in your city, in your village. Find a Bible-believing church and be part of that church in the name of Jesus. And uh, in case you need prayer, in case you need encouragement, you need also to be guided on how to go about that. You don't have enough uh, information. Uh, uh, the WhatsApp number to contact is plus 256-782-180514. Plus 256-782. 180514. You know, WhatsApp me and, and let me know what's happening and uh, how things are moving and how things are working for you. And I'll be glad to serve you. We're here to serve you. We are here to encourage you in the name of Jesus. And always remember, Reclaim runs Monday to Friday. And in a special way, tomorrow, Friday, it is a special day for families. Every Friday, we are praying and trusting God to bless our families, to 
replenish our families, to rescue our families. We also share nuggets and insights that help us to build healthy families according to the pattern that God has given us in Scripture. So invite somebody, let somebody know, let somebody tune in tomorrow. Friday will be Reclaim Family Friday, a moment you cannot dare miss. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord bless you. Have a great day at work. Have a great day ahead of you. May God engrave a smile on your heart and on your face. And in all things, remember, Jesus is Lord. And there is power in the name of Jesus. Shalom.